Welcome to the Perinatal Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Christine, your host and certified perinatal mental health professional. This podcast is all about authentic conversations. We want to open up the discussions around perinatal health and well-being, from mood and anxiety disorders to breastfeeding to grief and loss in the perinatal period and everything in between. While this is not therapy or medical advice, it is the place where we are going to continue to open up the discussion around all things perinatal mental, physical, emotional, and sexual health to help reduce stigma and break down these barriers to support. I acknowledge that many Indigenous nations have long-standing relationships, both historic and modern, with the territories upon which Perinatal Wellbeing Ontario is located. Today, this area is home to many Indigenous peoples from across Turtle Island. I am proud to acknowledge that there are 46 treaties and other agreements that cover the territory now called Ontario. I acknowledge that I am a settler on these lands, and it is on these ancestral and treaty lands that I live, learn, and work. Hello, and welcome to Perinatal Wellbeing, episode number four. Today, we're going to talk about the realities of breastfeeding. If you struggled with breastfeeding or your feeding experience didn't go as planned, you might still be struggling with grief or trauma. If that is you, then please know it might be difficult to listen to this episode, so you can hit pause, come back when you're ready, or you might listen to this and it might help to validate your feelings of grief and loss. You can decide from here. I want to acknowledge that I use the word breastfeeding throughout the episode when discussing my own story, and I will continue to work towards using more inclusive language, including using either nursing, chest feeding, or body feeding. This episode is simply an introduction to this topic to open up the discussion and is by no means an exhaustive exploration of all the challenges that various people face when they're trying to feed their babies. I open up the discussion with my story of breastfeeding and acknowledge that this is only one type of story out there. I am not a lactation consultant or feeding expert, so please seek out help if you feel you are experiencing challenges with feeding your baby. We will have more guests on the podcast to discuss other perspectives and stories around this topic. I want to open up the conversation around breastfeeding to normalize how hard it actually is. There are so many stories of parents struggling to get started with breastfeeding, not being able to breastfeed for as long as they want to or at all. And this can bring up extreme shame and guilt and have a very negative impact on a parent's mental health. And there are also parents that do breastfeed because they they physically can. However, they struggle mentally and feel pressure to continue breastfeeding even when they feel they don't want to or can't cope. And breastfeeding can be a lovely journey for so many parents, and then they can experience a lot of grief when they decide to stop feeding or baby weans on their own. It can be a real roller coaster of an experience. All that to say that it might not go as smoothly as we think it will. Before I had kids, I knew vaguely that some people struggled with breastfeeding. However, I figured it was a very small amount of people and I did not think it would be me. I just assumed that you birth a baby and then you breastfeed them and that was it. 
that was definitely not my experience. With my first, he was nine pounds, six ounces, and so quite a big baby. And he seemed to latch on right away. His la- Everyone was telling me his latch is great. He just seemed to nurse constantly. And my philosophy was pretty much baby led. So I thought, okay, this is what he needs. And so I just went with it. I thought we were doing okay until his first doctor's appointment. And he had lost more than the usual 10% um, that they lose after birth. And I was devastated. I remember just bawling, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm hurting this child. I'm not feeding him properly. And if you think about it, feeding is really kind of the focus of attention for a long time in our kids' lives. And that's how we measure if they're thriving. That's how we measure our success as parents. Is your kid gaining weight? Are they thriving? Then you're doing all right. And so when he wasn't thriving, that just really threw me for a loop. I wasn't expecting it. And he slept a lot. So I just thought, oh, I'm just really lucky. Turns out he was really tired because he didn't have a lot of energy from not getting enough milk. So I tried pumping, um, feeding him with a tube attached to my breast. I tried nursing on each side for short periods of time, or then I would nurse him for long periods of time. I tried nursing every hour and a half. I started medication to try and produce more milk, which helped marginally. And if you think that really all of those different things that I tried were over the course of long periods of time, so so probably a good two months, trying this, trying something new, trying that, going back to the doctor, getting him weighed, it was a very stressful time. And I just remember feeling a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. I would give him formula and then I would reduce the formula because I wanted to nurse exclusively. Again, I I just assumed that that was what I was supposed to do. And I also remember feeling so against formula. I can't give my kid formula because, you know, There's all this information out there that it's bad for them. There's all these ingredients in there. I don't know what they are. And, you know, so that was also tied to my values that I wanted to feed my kids, my child at the time and any future kids, I wanted to feed them as best as I could. Once, though, I started giving him formula more consistently, he gained weight pretty quickly and he started thriving. He was so happy and alert and sleeping in more regular cycles. And I just remember feeling so much relief when he was really gaining weight at a good steady pace. And I was able to say, okay, I can pull back on breastfeeding. I can breastfeed and give him formula. And that's okay. I think looking back, I was able to do that and come to that realization because with my first, I did not have a perinatal mood or anxiety disorder. 
also amidst all of that, my doctor was going to send me to a very popular breastfeeding clinic in Toronto. And she said to me, I guarantee you'll leave there crying because of how harsh their approach is. Luckily, I think because I wasn't experiencing postpartum anxiety or depression, I was able to set a boundary for myself and say, I don't think that I need that. And so I decided not to attend. Apparently, now I I don't know, I have not researched this more recently, but what I found out at the time was that that clinic's founder believed that he could get every single woman to breastfeed and that there's no such thing as not being able to breastfeed, that that's not a thing. That notion really played on me for many, many years. So I can only imagine what would have happened if I actually went to the clinic and how detrimental that would have been for my mental health. With my second, my partner worked outside of the country from Sunday night to Friday night. And so I told myself while I was pregnant that I would try to nurse. And if it didn't go as planned, I would bottle feed my son formula. And that's what I did. I tried. I went to a breastfeeding clinic just to see if maybe getting some extra support would be helpful. I went to a breastfeeding clinic that was different from the one my doctor originally suggested. And things just weren't progressing. And so I gave him a bottle and he was thriving and I felt great. That postpartum period after my second felt like my healthiest mentally and physically. We had so much fun, despite the fact that I had two under two. And I was alone for a lot of it, but I felt so well. So I just found that interesting as I reflect back on my experiences. When I was pregnant with my third, I thought, okay, this is the last kid. I'm going to try my very hardest to breastfeed him successfully, exclusively, no matter what. And I tried. I sacrificed my mental health And it didn't work out, as you would have heard in my podcast episode about my story. I was really obsessed with breastfeeding, um, with breastfeeding him as what I deemed successfully without formula. And it was all that I thought about. I remember probably experiencing anxiety in pregnancy, just thinking about setting myself up for breastfeeding no matter what and also anxious that it wasn't going to work out. And it didn't work out. Again, he seemed to be latching okay, was nursing all the time, however, was losing weight, not doing great. And so I got a an electric pump and I was pumping after every feed and I was I was feeding every hour and a half. Milk was barely coming out when I was pumping. I remember I'd pump for like 20 minutes aside or something and there would be drops in the bottle and it was devastating. I went to a lactation consultant clinic and I was going there twice a week. I was going to the baby's doctor and then he referred me to a pediatrician because baby wasn't doing well. So I was going to the pediatrician. He was weighing him. 
the lactation clinic was laying, weighing him every time. So he was getting weighed at least three times a week. And so you can imagine the anxiety around that scale, getting him weighed, how he was doing. And, and that was a measure of how successfully I was parenting or not. The medication that I had previously tried to increase my milk supply, I actually started that. I filled it before giving birth and started it the day I gave birth. I felt that because I was quote unquote failing at breastfeeding, I was failing at mothering. I was failing at parenting. I wasn't feminine enough. I wasn't a natural mother. And I do believe that that experience was the major contributor to my experience of postpartum anxiety. I believe my obsession with wanting to breastfeed stopped me from starting medication for my mental health symptoms earlier because I didn't even know that there were antidepressants that were safe to take when breastfeeding. No one talked about it, not at least at that stage for me nine years ago. There wasn't enough information that was easily accessible to know, yes, you can take medication while breastfeeding if you feel comfortable. We're not born knowing how to breastfeed, despite what we might be told or despite those stereotypes out there. We learn how to breastfeed when our baby arrives. And it's also not the same even if you have multiple children. Each child is different and they're also learning. So we have to work together to learn, you know, how to get this thing going for the baby. And yet there is just as this pervasive notion that we naturally know or should know how to feed our kids. Is that because of biology? Is that because if you are born in a female body that biologically you're wired to care for your child or biologically you have these mechanisms that are meant for feeding your baby? I don't know. But why can't there be room in there for, yes, maybe we are meant to feed our babies, we are, but can there also be room in there for the challenges that come with breastfeeding? Yes, maybe I have the physical mechanisms in my body to be able to produce milk and feed my child. However, there can be incidences where for some reason that gets disrupted, and I think we need to make space for that. When we're struggling with learning to breastfeed or when we're facing these various challenges, we can feel a lot of judgment from friends, family members, healthcare providers. People will tell us, give them formula. They need to eat. Don't give them formula. If you give them a drop of formula, they will never breastfeed again. If you give them a bottle nipple, they will never latch onto you again. Try harder. Don't try so hard relax, don't stress. The baby senses your stress and then they're going to need therapy when they're 10 years old. Just stop breastfeeding. No, don't stop. You have to keep trying. It'll work. It'll come. Don't worry. This can have your head spinning when you're in such a vulnerable place already. I would supplement with formula for a little bit and then he would gain a bit of weight and then I would wean him off the formula to see if my milk supply would increase. And then he would lose weight because there was no milk there. And I remember my son's doctor said to me, you know, very sternly that he didn't think I was taking my son's situation 
as seriously as I should be and that he needs to be properly fed. And it was so condescending and so judgmental. I was just frozen because again, I was also at that time living with postpartum anxiety and depression. And so I was not in the same frame of mind dealing with these struggles as I was after my first kid. After my first kid, I was able to separate a bit, you know, the experience from who I am as a person and a mother. And I was able to see where things might not be helpful or where some of these stereotypes were detrimental. But with my third, I was just completely vulnerable. And coming from his doctor, I just felt so much shame. I was frozen in place and I couldn't respond to him. But in my head, I was screaming, you have no idea the inner turmoil I'm experiencing on a daily basis to feed this kid. And I just burst out crying. And then the visit was over and he said, hold on, stay here. So I thought, you know, he needed me to stay for some other reason. He left me in the room alone for at least a good 20 minutes. And then he came back to apologize, which is fine. Fair enough. He's like, I'm sorry, I had a bad day. And I'm like, you have no idea, buddy. (laughs) And I was still obviously really upset, but it was awful. The apology was a little too late. I already felt that extreme shame come in. And on a side note, he doesn't have kids, so there's no way that he could understand how seriously I was, in fact, taking this situation, how important I know it is for my kids to eat. It just blows my mind when I think about it, even all these years later. So I'm not a lactation consultant or a lactation specialist. I'm just a mom who had three kids and really struggled with breastfeeding. But I wanted to just mention some complications that can occur with breastfeeding. And of course, this is my by no means an exhaustive list, but I just, again, want to open up the discussion so you know that these things exist. If you feel you're experiencing any of these, seek help. Don't wait too long. Find someone that you relate to that you feel can be helpful for, for you and your family. The first challenge that I actually didn't know existed until I was trained as a perinatal mental health specialist was something called DEMER or dysphoric milk ejection reflex. It's this like abrupt emotional kind of drop, like we feel this low in our mood. And I mean, that can be putting it mildly, but it occurs in some people just before the milk is released, and it can continue for a few minutes. Usually though, it is quite brief, but the severity of those negative feelings can be a range. So for some people, it might be just kind of like, oh, that doesn't feel great. And for some people, it can be like extreme anxiety or self-loathing and can really have a physiological cause or effect. Some people suggest that it can be an abrupt drop in dopamine that causes that when the milk release is triggered, and that it can also result in a real or a relatively brief dopamine deficit for those people that are affected. And so what can happen is that you experience demer in the moment, so you feel pretty terrible, And then every time you go to feed, anxiety builds up around it. 
oh my God, am I going to feel terrible right now as soon as I start feeding? And then you might get anxious and then you might anticipate feeding and then physically you might get tense and it can cause a real roller coaster and a real challenge with feeding. For some people who have experienced a traumatic delivery or a surgical birth, your milk can take longer to come in because you've experienced major surgery and or trauma to the body. If we think about any type of biological responses in the body, generally they're going to work their best if we are feeling well, if we're well rested, if our immune system is, you know, functioning really well, or we are feeling well physically, mentally, emotionally. And you can imagine after a surgical birth or a traumatic delivery that we are not going to feel our best. We're going to be extremely tired. We are going to have physical injuries and, of course, a major lack of sleep. That can absolutely have a big effect on our milk production. Other things that we can experience and that we we do experience are cracked, sore nipples, extreme pain. Maybe baby is biting on the nipples and especially when teeth come in, that can be really hard. And this can be so painful where every time you go to nurse, again, you're getting that anxious anticipation of how much pain you're going to experience and so naturally your body is going to tense up and then that's not going to help you to be feeling your best in order to release milk. Another situation that can happen is not having enough milk and I believe that that was my issue. Even with pumping, even with taking medication, I was not producing milk. And I had really big babies. And so I think that I just wasn't producing enough milk to keep up with their needs. I don't know. And realistically, I'll never know, which there is definitely a part of me that would love to know that answer. I have come to believe that we can experience challenges with breastfeeding as a grief wound or a traumatic event or a trauma wound. I have observed so many clients who experience an intense grief around not having been able to breastfeed for as long as they wanted to or at all for various reasons. I'm also able to see how dangerous all of the various stereotypes are in relation to feeding our babies. The thought that every single person who wants to breastfeed can breastfeed seems ridiculous to me now when throughout time we've had wet nurses we have milk banks we have groups you know whether it's in a town or a neighborhood that share milk or offer to share their milk if someone's in need we have milk banks that are set up for that reason and of course we have formula why would these things exist if they weren't needed Yes, of course, someone can choose not to want to breastfeed, and that's totally okay. I just don't think that there would be as much support that exists if every single person that wanted to breastfeed could. I'm now able to believe that if it wasn't for formula, all three of my babies wouldn't have thrived. I'm actually thankful for formula when at one time I was so against it and it symbolized my failure as a parent. You know I like to always ask, how do we cope? Talk to your partner or if there's someone close to you that is supporting you with caregiving, talk to them, your close friends or trusted family members, 
And remember to try and problem solve as best as you can from the self. You are going to hear and receive a lot of advice. Some of it's going to be unsolicited. And it's important to only integrate into your life what feels in line with your values and what feels right for you and your baby in this time. If you are struggling, seek support from a professional that, again, works with the same philosophies about feeding that you do. Try to reach out as soon as you feel like there's something going on with the feeding that is not working. I do struggle here with offering specific direction because I truly believe it's important for you to find that support person who shares the same philosophy as you. Someone who you connect with that you feel is a right fit for you and your family. If these experiences are affecting your, your mental health in a negative way, continue to talk to those around you and reach out for some extra support either from a virtual support group or a therapist. Today, I shared my challenges with breastfeeding, the way guilt and shame can affect our ability to cope, the various stereotypes surrounding breastfeeding. I also briefly mentioned some different challenges that, it can, that can occur and do occur when breastfeeding. I discussed experiencing grief and trauma after challenges with nursing. And of course, I talked about coping. So many parents struggle with breastfeeding challenges, so we need to keep talking about this topic. We will be having more people on the podcast to share their breastfeeding stories, challenges, and triumphs in hopes of normalizing the fact that breastfeeding is not easy for a lot of us and to educate the, each other on the realities that do occur please leave me a comment and let me know what your takeaway from today's discussion is. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share this podcast with any of your friends or family members who may benefit from it. If you feel you are experiencing any of the symptoms or issues that we discussed today, please reach out to any one of your supports. You can also go to perinatalwellbeing.ca for more information, blog posts, and podcast episodes. Check out our new episode every other Wednesday.